I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it back. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here today with a Crystal Palace update, speaking, of course, to the wonderful Jay, who you can find on Twitter at The Eagles Beak, which is, of course, his site, which talks all things Crystal Palace. And I hear there's some new developments on the site, which we'll uh, catch at the back end. But, Jay, I, I don't want to have to start off on a negative thing, but things are a little bit weird at Crystal Palace at the moment. So <laughs> we talked for at least two years about when the Roy Hodgson era was going to end. You probably oh. needed a little bit more of a, a new era, a bit of a revolution there at Crystal mm. Palace. But you know what they say. If you're going to let go of a manager, you need to have somebody ready to step in that you perceive to be better. <laughs> <laughs> now, it seems like you, much like uh, myself and Tottenham Hotspur, didn't really quite live up to that expectation. Obviously, a lot of names being bandied about. You finally end up with Patrick Vieira, who, side note, I actually got to interview. But that to the side, what have you made of the departure of the Roy era, this huge period of question marks, and then it finally ending with the, the hiring of Vieira. Oh, hello, Kevin. It's great to be back on the show. <laughs> um, so Is it? <laughs> so many questions. Well, let, let's just uh, let's let's start a Roy Hodgson. I mean, Roy came in a, came into Palace at a very difficult time. Uh, a lot of Palace fans wanted us to get rid of him sooner than perhaps has happened but to be honest i thank roy for everything he's done he's he's done a great job at palace he's given us a a lengthy period of stability which you know is something you don't often get the opportunity for in in football at any level let alone premier league level so yeah roy's done a great job for us after the infamous uh, arrival and quick departure of Frank de Boer, who who is now also out of a job as we speak. Um, Thankfully, so a about, as a supporter yeah, of the Dutch thankfully. national team. <laughs> um, so yeah, Roy's done a great job. Um, did he stay longer than he, he was probably um, needed? Um, question marks by that. I think I think he's done a great job throughout. Some of the football was a bit questionable in terms of very defensive but this past season you can even say it was very defensive because we leaked a lot of goals so it, it was the right time for Roy to go I think just thinking back now it seems like a long time ago when the season finished or the season was still going on and, and it was announced I think with one game to go two games to go one game to go I think it was that Roy was or two games to go actually because I think our second to last home game uh, so a second to last game was a home game so there was an opportunity for fans to go minimal fans obviously to go and um and obviously bid uh, Roy a fair, fond farewell and, and and thank him for his for his hard work because i mean it's not easy premier league manager it's you know it, 
there's you know with fans on your back and social media now and everything being now you know everything's got to be a media every 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 win's got to be a media and that, that kind of thing we, we know what that's all about so it, it, it's got to be difficult um so roy great job thank massive thanks to him there's obviously got to be some sort of plan because you know roy wasn't getting any younger you know it was good there was going to be a time where he's going to you know call it quits and um, uh, whether he's going to move on to something else or another job he, there was suggestions that that was going to be it for him management wise that's yet to be that remains to be seen i guess um but the plans have to be in place at palace uh, at a club like palace to to actually you know going into a very important summer you know it's been well publicized how many hundreds of players we've got out of contract in the summer <laughs> the list seems to grow every time a, a media source reports it i think we had i think the last count there was 14 players and that's not including any any academy players so 14 squad players out of contract which is not a great position to be in um but yeah. having said that having said that it's it's a good position to be in if you're bringing in a new manager and having a clear out, which I think is what the view all was always going to be. Now, we're not the only club, as you know, Kev, that have struggled to appoint a new manager this summer. It's been Most a very clubs, odd. Be exactly. It's been a very odd summer. And I, I can't put my finger on why, you know, Spurs struggled, Everton struggled, you know, Everton lost their manager very quickly over overnight pretty much so you know they're in a probably a, diff, a different position obviously spurs were, were never going to keep ryan mason as as boss so you know they probably had a bit of time to to do their homework but it, it looked very much like spurs and palace were in a very similar position and i'm not saying you know both clubs were looking at the same quality of manager because although <laughs> uh, although yeah i it's a very peculiar summer because obviously Palace had their targets. There's no doubt about it. I'm not pretending to to come on here and and say that I know what's been going on because I don't. I don't. I, you know, you hear whispers and stuff like that. So it's clear to me that there were targets for the club, but obviously some of those targets were already in jobs. Now, you know, we're talking of the Sean Dyches of this world. Now he he's a manager who who has been offered a job before at Palace, turned it down. I is a, is a manager that I always expected to be a Palace manager sometime. I think he fits the mould of the type of manager that we've had over the last, well, since we've been in the Premier League, let's face it, other than the, the Frank de Boer failed experiment. I think all the other managers, you know, Sean Dyche is a younger version of the likes of Allardyce, Hodgson, Pardew, you know, th- th- those kind of moulds of players, Pulis even. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he's got Premier League experience, so I think he, you know, understandably was quite high up the list. You've also got the likes of Eddie Howe, that, who was out of a job, um, and I think you know people like that were were the ones that Palace were were looking towards. Now, for whatever reason, negotiations this summer have been even more difficult than any other time for for managers. I don't know whether that's because of the pandemic or or whatever, um, but I think Palace have had that really difficult position where actually, yeah, we've got our targets, we know who we're going to approach, we know who we're going to talk to, and then all of a sudden they have their eye turned by somebody else now the big one was nuno from wolves now he it was announced that he was gonna be leaving wolves with a game to go in the premier league and that clearly palace thought well that's that's interesting you know we'd like to have a piece of that we'd like to chat to him and that's what palace did you know they approached wolves they approached nuno had had a couple of weeks conversations with him and yeah that 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 turned our attentions to actually a caliber of manager that 
I mean, no disrespect to the likes of the managers that we were looking at, but a calibre manager that's that's done well in the Premier League up until last season and would be quite um, quite an interesting appointment at Sellers Park. As we now know, talks kind of fell through. Um, there was all sorts of demands being made and Palace decided to not waste their time any longer. And as it turns out, he's now your boss, Kev. So um, <laughs> he's, yeah. uh, he, and, and, and as you as you alluded to there, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I never expected Palace and Tottenham to be going for the same calibre of manager. Um, but as it turns out, and, you know, I don't think this is a Spurs thing. I do wonder whether Nuno was actually looking for a bigger job than Palace and, um, you know, was um, kind of, you know, looking at the options available to him and, and what interest was out there. So, so yeah, that turned Palace's eye and that wasted a number of weeks of conversations and deliberations and that kind of thing. And then kind of out of the blue, Palace had their kind of eye turned again. You know, they were, they were getting back on the, you know, the same trail of manager they were looking at. Um, obviously, I didn't, one I didn't mention was Frank Lampard. We're expecting him to be one of those candidates. And then um, Lucien Favre's name cropped up, former Borussia Dortmund manager, yeah. uh, very highly rated across Europe, uh, a very good manager from Switzerland, um, managed at Nice, I believe, as well, and, and, and across Europe. So that, for me, was probably more exciting um, than... Um, you know the 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 talk the, you know the talking up of uh, of Nuno from Wolves and and that really got the the mouth watering affair chump because I I followed Borussia Dortmund for a, for a fair fair while enjoyed his time at uh, at Dortmund it wasn't a lengthy time but he he worked well with young players brought young players through which Borussia Dortmund have always done you know very successfully and 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 for a club like Palace. You know, no disrespect to my own team, but to be linked with somebody of that caliber was was even more exciting. As it turned out, again, another few weeks of uh, wasted time. As it turned out, he was offered a contract, very much like happened to Nuno, and uh, and the rest is history. He 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 felt that it wasn't the right time for him to go back into management, and um, you know that's that's probably combining the two. That's probably a good six seven weeks wasted on on two managers that. Showed initial interest um, and ultimately couldn't get them across the line. And so the latter you, was so weird, just saying that his heart yeah. wasn't in it and that he's just not yeah. going to manage this year. Yeah. yeah, very peculiar, very peculiar indeed. Um, so you can probably understand that, you know, there's a mixture of feelings out there from Palace fans in that, A, we've been messed around. You know, Palace have done the right thing by trying to get a better calibre of manager in, which I'm on that kind of fence. I understand why the attentions have been turned by you know targets that probably weren't in the range at the time of of originally looking for manager but rightly so they 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 reached out and and spoke to these guys and i don't have any issues with that there's been a lot of targeted comments to the club and steve parish about actually you know the length of time it's taken to get a manager but you know when when you go through the process with two you know one manager let alone two and you know how long talks take and, you know, it's not just like one quick conversation over Skype or whatever. You know, we know for a fact that Palace are talking to Nuno for a good two or three weeks um, before his agent got involved. So that's another another week on top of that, probably more. Um, Favre was very similar. That was at least three or four weeks before, you know, the offer was in and he made the decision. So, so yeah, it's it's been a tough, tough summer um, from that perspective. And obviously in, in a summer where we've got so many players out of contract, we needed to hit the ground running really. So 
Um, and that's when the latest name comes up. So obviously Palace have uh, have now made it official. Um, yesterday, I believe it was finally. Uh, Patrick Vieira, the former Arsenal midfielder, mm. French World Cup winner, uh, French Euros winner, I believe. If, Annoyingly I think decent guy. A very, he comes across as a very, uh, a very good character. Um, whether it's good enough for management, I mean, he's 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 managed at NYC uh, in the MLS under the guise of Man City. Yeah. Um, he obviously coached at Man City, so you know he's. It's not as if he's worked with frauds in the footballing world, is it? Let's face it, he's, he's worked with quality people, quality organisations. Um, he had a stint at Nice in uh, in Liga, so and, and did okay with Nice. So uh, it, it's 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 going to be interesting. It's a bit of a left field appointment, I think. But I think you know a lot of fans are a lot of fans are dubious. Um, but I'm quite excited to see how things are gonna gonna pan out. You know, he's a he's a very he's a very much respected former player. You know, a lot of people know him. Uh, a lot of people know what he's won and what he's done. You know, with Arsenal and France. Um, obviously, in in the early stage of of his management career, um, it's it's really intriguing. And and a lot of a lot of opposition fans are are laughing at the appointment. A, a lot of uh, media people are uh, quite inquisitive, you know, as are a lot of Palace fans. So I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how it goes. I, you can probably understand my nerves a little bit, Kev, after the the Frank de Boer experiment, of as course. it turned out. Which um, I was super Frank, supportive of, by the way. I wanted him over Poch. So why yeah. anyone listens to this show, I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. But we know that Frank de Boer you know, is a difficult character to deal with. We knew that when he came in at Palace. And as it turned out, he comes across as a very stubborn individual. Now, whether that's to do with his his success as a player and, you know, trying to convert that into football, we, we've seen what has happened to his management career since he left Palace. You know, it's not been great, is it? Let's face it, he dabbled in the MLS. Um, he's obviously dabbled. How he got the Holland job, I'll never know, but he's no longer in that. Because he has a Dutch last name? Uh, well, uh, true. <laughs> true. Yeah, uh, and 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 is and is obviously an icon of Dutch football. So you know that's that's kind of what happens. So, but but for reference, but, the next choice for who replaces him is probably Louis Van Gaal for a third time. So there's a there's a very uh, limited group of names that exactly. gets considered for that job. Yeah, totally, totally right. So um so yeah so here we are um having just appointed Patrick Vieira, um he was at a training ground today, and you know we're going to watch with with a lot of interest because it's going to be a busy few weeks leading into preseason friendlies and obviously leading into the season, which kicks off in what is it? Five weeks time. I think it is. So, um, so yeah, that that's been Palace's summer. It's not been any more exciting um, than that because there's nothing to speak of in terms of players. Um, I think the only players we've had a couple of contract renewals, um, Ben Teke signed a new contract, which is really good news for us because he had a great se- second half of last season, um, kind of coming back to his best. So I'm expecting a few of those contracts, um, contract, I'll say contract rebels are not rebels because their contracts have ended. Um, yeah, some of these expired contracts to be signed up again, the likes of Andros Townsend, I like to see stick around whether that's, you know, whether he would be in Vieira's plans, I don't know. But uh, I think the other big one is, um, is Wilfred Zaha. There's always a question mark about mm. him every, every summer, every January. I, I, I think it's always happened every, you know, for the, for the length of time I've been on this podcast, Kev, hasn't it? We've always had a conversation every <laughs> summer. 
multiple gender. Actually, he did leave and then came back. He did leave. He did leave and he came back. So, um, obviously, we know Wilf is a big Arsenal fan. He will know Patrick Vieira from being a fan of the club. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's that's not a bad thing. Maybe he might stick around if he sticks around again. You know, for for this season. I, I can't see him going again. I can't see him going. He's 28 now. He's turning 29 during this season. Um, you know, where I think if he's going to go, he's going to have to go this summer. But time's running out. You know, Vieira's in. If Vieira says to him, right, I want you to be the main guy. We'll build a team around you, which I I, I fully expect him to do. Then, you know, there's no reason for Wolf to go anywhere other than if he wants to win things. But you know, he probably should have gone before now anyway. Hmm. Well, not to dive into this too much, but you did lead directly into it and it made the segue too easy. So it's kind of on you. <laughs> um, but I feel like it, not just in the managerial way, but in the star player questioning if they want to be their way, Palace and Tottenham in a very similar situation this year. Obviously, the players' feelings need to be taken into account. But as a club, with how many players um, are out of contract, with how thin the squad is in total numbers right now, are you considering selling Zaha to fund the rebuild the same way I think Tottenham are having to think a lot about whether we want to try to continue this current cycle or sell Kane for the rebuild that, that'll follow? It's a very good question. I think I think if we were going to, if we were, well, we obviously were serious about the likes of Nuno coming in and the likes of Favre coming in. If they, they both, both had contract offers on the table. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really do think so. And I'm not, I'm not saying Vieira is not a great appointment, but I think there are a few reservations about him because he is a young manager. But you know, he's going to have to prove himself. But he knows the Premier League, so that's going to be interesting in itself. But I think offering a job to Nuno and offering a job to Favre would mean a sizable transfer budget, considering the situation we're in with our squad. I think that would that would have to have been on the table. You know, we've lost the likes, we, we've we, we've lost a number of players or will lose a number of players whose contracts were rather large and hefty. Um, not naming too many names, but Mamadou Sacco, you know, his wages weren't weren't cheap um, for, for the player that didn't play very often. So that's one large wage bill off of the table. You've got the likes of Wayne Hennessy and Connor Wickham. Now we're not talking you know, massive international star players or anything like that. But actually, they've been at a club a long time. So their salaries, you know, would have, uh, you know, would have been up there, I, I suspect. So, you know, you've got a few big earners off the wage, uh, off the wage structure. And, you know, there, there, there's there's some gaps there. there. There's some sizable gaps there just in terms of personnel and and wages so i think that can only be a good thing for us but i think if we if we were serious about the likes of nuno and Favre, then there would have have to have been a an amount of transfer budget for this summer because of the overhaul that the, the club needs and this is why there was no there were there was just no sense in actually offering roy another contract another year because what's the point you know you've got 12 14 players out of contract this summer What's the point if Roy comes in and goes, "I'll give you, I'll give you a two-year contract," or you know, and he brings in his own players for him to go next summer? Just pointless. It's just no, and it and it's been done. That's been done the right way. You know, Roy's done mm. a great job for us, but actually, now's the time to to make that break and let's do let let's try and do something. You know, give a give a new manager uh, an opportunity. You know, a lot of people have said to me. Well, how we, you know, that's not an attractive proposition for any manager. I don't understand because, you know, it's a clean slate. You've got, you've, you you've literally got, side. 
you, yeah, you've got an opportunity to bring in people you want to bring in rather than having to wheel and deal. You know, if you don't want any of those 12 players that are out of contract, get rid of them. You've got, you, you know, you've got a blank slate there to bring in players. And, and while that's hard work, bringing in that amount of players, and it's probably never, never a good thing to have that many players come into a club in the summer. Um, I, I, I would see that as, as an attractive proposition for any manager to, you know, because a lot of the hard work's already done for them because the decks have been cleared pretty much. So, yeah, it's an intriguing one. The, the rumours are there that there's an 80, 80 million pound transfer budget available. You know, we have two American owners along with Steve Parrish who haven't pumped a lot into the club. They have pumped money into the club to help build the main stand, which is still going through all the, you know, the building uh, applications and that kind of thing. So that's very long-winded and, and long-running. But, you know, this was coming. You know, we're, we're a club, we're, we've been a football club that have never, never really sold our players and it was no secret that, you know, our squad was the, I don't know how many times I said it in the Premier League last season, the oldest 11 on the pitch, you know, this season sort of thing. But, mm. you know, we've generally, we, we've, we've kept, we've, we've bought players and we've kept hold of them and they've done jobs for us. You know, you can name a number of players in, in the Palace side who we've always gone for players with Premier League. But for the most part, when you look at us compared to some other clubs, you know, that first couple of seasons we were up, we changed our, transfer strategy and that right we're going to bring in players that have got experience in the Premier League and they've been with us for some time you know that and they've aged together really so that's no that's no bad thing but actually you know when they age together and get to a certain point at the same time that's where we find ourselves at the moment I, know, I guess you can point fingers at a club for letting the club get in it get themselves into that position but you know nobody knew the pandemic was coming you know um, I think that made things a lot more difficult for football clubs we know you know, the money in the game has proven to be uh, a fairly more, you know, we're obviously talking millions of pounds here, but, you know, football clubs cut their cloth accordingly, don't they? Um, and obviously things have changed over the last 24 months at least, haven't they, really, when it comes to finances and that sort of stuff and, and, and the outlook. You know, the outlook is still, a, a you know, a, a fair a fair question, um, really, question mark in the air. You know, there's a reason why, you know, those top six clubs in the Premier League were had their eyes, uh, you know, had their attentions taken by the European Super League. And, you know, while I didn't agree with it, you know, the money involved in it, those clubs would have, you know, had, had the dollar signs or the pound signs in their eyes, you know, when they're offered that sort of thing. Come to this, you know, Super League and you'll be guaranteed, what, 300 million a year or 350, whatever it was, you know, so. Yeah, and we're really struggling without that. <laughs> Well, this is the thing, you know. I, I think I think a lot of people are actually, you know, thinking, ah, oh, these clubs will be fine. They're, they're being, you know, no problem. But actually, you know, look at Spurs. You know, built a brand new stadium, and then all of a sudden, you've got nobody to go into these grounds for two seasons, or pretty much, you know. And that's, um, you know, that's difficult. It won't pay for itself. This is the thing. Um, it's the same for all these clubs, and you know, the the clubs in a lower. Uh, lower echelons of the Premier League rely on that money coming in every season. You know, rely on uh, the fans coming to grounds, full houses, whether it's like Palace, 26,000 each week, every home game, that's 19 home games. That's a, a chunk of money when you think about it. When you're paying the wages of players that, you know, you are paying for the Premier League, you know, we're, we're not paying the likes, you know, players like Liverpool are or Man City. I'm not kidding myself there, but actually... You'll be surprised how much 
clubs like Palace pay their players while they're in the Premier League. It, it, it'd be, I think it'd be surprising to a lot of people. So it, it's been difficult. I think there's a lot of different um, different things that have evolved over the last couple of years that have brought us to the position we're in. And I think it says a lot that, you know, not just Palace, you know, Palace do often take a time some time to deliberate over a manager. But you know, Everton and, and Spurs have done the very same this summer. They found it very difficult to negotiate with managers coming in and, and, and took a fair chunk of time to actually get somebody over the line. So I'm glad it's not only us. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, and as you say, it certainly wasn't. And I do think there's an element of uh, musical chairs where it was just uh, mm. Everton, Tottenham, and Palace. Who are you talking to the last few days before preseason started? And they all realized PR-wise not having a manager in when preseason started is not a particularly good look. Um, no, not at all. You mentioned Vieira there. And mm. I, I do think a lot of people are underselling his credentials. This is not, mm. you know, for example, a Lampard, where you're just going to... Somebody who has a big name, was a huge profile that has just stepped into management. As you mm. mentioned, Vieira has already been at New York City FC, which fortunately got to cover a couple of times. Uh, in New York for a couple of years. He was already at Nice for a couple of years. Now he joins you. From the external perspective, I totally get the uh, hesitation to view this as a good move. Mm. Um, but I think what everybody's just not really verbalizing is that this is incredibly high risk, but also high upside. Where for years you kind of wanted, maybe not you particularly, but some Palace fans wanted out from under Roy, whether it be because of the play style or the lack of innovation. And now you're bringing in a younger manager that might have some of those traits. The downside might be risking the stability. So I'm curious either from you or how you feel the fan base feels. Do you think a risk is what you are wanting now of like a potential upside, even though it might cost you your kind of constant Premier League stability that you've had for the better part of a decade or if maybe now people are realizing that, oh, we actually enjoyed what we had? It's a really tough question. I think uh, I think there's a real mixed reaction about it. We've obviously had our fingers burnt with Frank De Boer. I mentioned that on more than one occasion. But obviously that is, <laughs> that, that's hopefully a one-off. The thing with Vieira is that, uh, uh, you know, he, he was molded by Man City. You know, he was a coach. You know, they allowed him to manage at New York City, which obviously mm. has close ties with Man City. He's worked under Pep, Brian Kidd. Yeah, had Brian Kidd working with him closely. There is a rumor that Brian Kidd might end up at Palace. He's, he's just quit Man City. So I wonder, I'm hoping, you know, if, you know, if we can encourage somebody of, of the caliber of Brian Kidd. I mean, Brian Kidd is one of those people that, you know, he's a very, very good 
um, assistant manager or coach. You know, he, he was never going to be uh, an excellent manager himself, but he's been brilliant. I know that that guy has worked under Alice Ferguson, Pep Guardiola, and uh, a number of others. And uh, and what he doesn't know isn't worth knowing in in the world of football. So I think a lot of these people go go under the radar a fair chance. A little bit, a little bit like Ray Lewington and, and Roy Hodgson. Ray Lewington did a did a lot of the work at Palace and and was very highly regarded in you know his both his knowledge and and what he did in and around the football club. But yeah, Vieira is a an intriguing one. You know, we've had a, a lengthy period of stability at the club, which was much needed. Um, yeah, we've had managers come and go, managers of very similar caliber. Uh, uh, but this is again, this is very, this smacks very much of the Frank de Boer appointment. You know, left field a little bit, a younger manager, giving the manager an opportunity, never managed in the Premier League. It, 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 there is a concern. There is a real concern. But actually, you know, headed into, you know, we've had nine seasons in the Premier League. Uh, which is a record consecutive season of the Premier League we're heading into. That is a record for Palace as a club. I, I never expected us to be in this position. I, I've seen Palace, um, you know, come up to the Premier League and go back down again and that kind of thing. This is just, you know, this experience at the moment is just not something that I've, well, any Palace fan have experienced, but obviously the the, the aged ones among us. Uh, I remember back in the day, you know, almost... <laughs> I'm going to say it because a lot of Palace fans are moan, but almost going out of business. Um, mm. you, know, 20, you know, less than 24 hours from going out of business, and we actually end up, you know, um, a fair chunk of time later, just over 10 years later, and we're, you know, we're heading into our ninth campaign, it's a consecutive campaign in the Premier League. I mean, that's no mean feat. And I, if people if people listen to this and don't understand the story behind Palace, then check out the Amazon uh, Prime documentary because I've relived it very emotional as a Palace fan to relive the whole story. Um, but it's so it's so lengthy to try and explain to somebody actually what Palace fans went through and what the club went through to get to where we are now is is just quite incredible. It's very much underrated. So and that series on uh, on, on Amazon Prime really does show other fans. And it, it's nice to actually hear our fans saying we didn't realise what Palace have been through. Uh, you know, what the club went through, what the players went through, that kind of stuff. So it's you know, and and you wouldn't expect other fans to know that, but um, but it's a far cry from that. And yeah, stability is a great thing. You don't often have an opportunity to create stability in football, particularly in the Premier League, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so Roy's given us given us that, but it is time for change. It is time for what might be a gamble. You know, there's no there's no guarantees in football these days. You know, there's no way we can say bringing in Sean Dyche would have meant we'll still be in the Premier League next season or the season after that, season after that. Eddie Howe the same. You know, there's no guarantees of any of these managers coming into Palace and creating something that might be better than Roy Hodgson, might be better than what Pardew did, what, what's better than Ian Holloway getting us to the Premier League, what, what's better than Steve Koppel when his tenure did all those years ago. There's no guarantees in football at all. So I, I think at the moment it's, it's exciting, it's nerve-wracking, it does risk an element of that stability we've built up as a club. It, it, it's a huge risk for next season, I think, because, you know, we've got a very short window now between now and when the season starts. And there's a lot of work to be done in terms of getting personnel across the line, keeping some of those personnel that contracts have run out, whether or not they've already gone and signed for other clubs that we're not hearing too much on that front. Um, so it's probably the, it's probably the worst time for us to actually take, a long time to actually bring in Vieira but 
Um, the noises around the club are very positive. Um, they sound very good. You know, first day at the training grounds today from Vieira. And um, yeah, I, it's an odd one. I'm nervously excited because I think it's it could have the potential to be something very different. You know, we give Vieira a season or two uh, with his feet under the desk and, and maybe he could actually create something that um, yeah, Palace fans have been thriving for for the last few years. You know, we, we've we've had an exciting squad of players for two years now, actually. You know, with the likes of Eze coming in and showing that he can actually, this season, or the season just gone, you know, he can actually mix it with the Premier League's best. You know, he, he showed some real glimpses last season until that horrible injury, uh, which we're not going to see him again until next year, unfortunately. Um, but Next you know, calendar the, the, year, next season? Next calendar year, yeah. Mm. He's, he's out for the rest of this year, so it's unlikely that we'll have him back for uh, anything much before January at least, uh, which is a real shame. It's it's a it's a bad Achilles injury, but you know we're hearing good stories, you know, uh, from other players that have had this injury. Um, a Belgian midfielder at Dortmund, he he recovered in in about four four months from it, which is really really interesting. So hopefully, as a is a is a quick healer, and we see him. But obviously, you can't rush players back from that sort of injury. Cause it's horrible. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, that that that's one that's one negative for Vieri. He won't be able to you know get to see him perform until. Um, but obviously, that'd be like a new sign him when he comes back in January time. So um, so yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to describe at the moment. You know, Vieira has been appointed in the last what twenty four hours or so. Um, we've had all this six, seven, eight weeks without a manager deliberating all the media stories and that kind of stuff. You know, is it going to be Nuno? Is it going to be Favre? And then, and then all of a sudden the Favre one, you know, goes with pear shaped and we're back to square one again. You're thinking, who are we going to get in now? That kind of thing, you know, cause you know, Sean Dyche is, you know, he's not going to come in because he, who wants to be third choice of Palace? You know, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's going to have that kind of air about it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm nervously excited. I think there's a lot of intrigue in there. Um, we've got a tough start to the season in terms of fixtures. That's going to be that's going to play a part. I'm pretty sure. But um, I think the next couple of weeks going to be quite busy at Sellers Park in terms of ins and outs. So going to watch it very closely indeed. Yeah, and obviously not a lot of time before the start of the season, <laughs> as you said, just about five weeks there and you also mentioned how thin the squad is and I just wanted to touch on that there were reports of how many or <laughs> I suppose how few players showed up for the first day of uh, preseason <laughs> without a manager in place obviously now you have one I was just curious what your reaction and, and that of the fan base was to the reaction of the very few players that you have left on the books and how concerned you are about the fact that so few are there I know you mentioned it is an opportunity for a rebuild for whoever comes in. Obviously, now that's Vieira. But what what was that like from your perspective? A lot of frustration, I think. Uh, I think there's frustration with the club for allowing us to be in this position, uh, particularly. Um, I, and I, and I think I, I think with the announcement that Roy was going with one game left to, or two games left to go, I think there was a lot of you know, consideration for actually Palace are planning here. You know, it's a busy summer. We knew there's a lot of out of contract players. They actually know that. Announcing Roy's going to go with two games left to play. Right thing to do at the right time. Bring somebody in, have enough time. We never expected us to be in this position when the players are back at training or not at training as the case was uh, without a manager. 
So I I know it's a day it's only a day or two difference anyway. You know Vieira was there today, so you know it's not a huge deal. But actually, yeah, I think a lot of fans are frustrated. It's not a, it's not an ideal situation because we knew we knew this summer was going to be critical for the club, whether Roy was still here or not. Um, I think a lot of fans targeted this summer as being the one where Roy would move on, and that's that's proved to be the case. But actually, I was hoping we'd be a lot more prepared for it than we have been, and. <laughs> You know, the club and Steve Parrish have had a lot of negative comments sent their way. But I, I I don't think you can blame them for having their heads turned with the likes of Nuno and Favre, really. Um, you know, having their best interests for the club. I mean, you know, each of those appointments would have been excellent for us, I think, personally. I, I, I You know, I think Favre probably would have been a better appointment, potentially, than Nuno. But who knows? You know, either of those would have been um, a really good appointment for the club. Obviously, you know, all that wasted time, that's not Steve Parrish's fault, really. The club's fault. I, you know, I just think it's been a hugely difficult summer. Uh, and like like we said earlier, it's not just Palace that have had this situation this summer. Um, it's just pleasing that we've got somebody in, training's underway, contracts to be sorted out, new players to come in. I'm pretty sure discussions are involved, the types of players they want to come in. Um, before announcing, you know, Vieira was the boss yesterday. So I, I, I think there's a, yeah, there's going to be, it's going to be a lot of hard work over the next couple of weeks for sure, leading into the preseason friendlies. But I'm, I'm quietly confident that actually we'll be ready for a new season. Vieira knows the deal. He knows the Premier League. I'm just interested to see how he's going to set things up, who's going to come in, that kind of stuff. It is frustrating. It, it, you, you know, you're right. It is frustrating that we've ended up in this position so close to, you know, pre-season starting. Um, but I don't think it's all our own fault. Yes, some of it is our fault for, you know, for allowing contracts to run down, that kind of thing. I think you have to, you know, take a, a large pinch of salt as well, you know, for the fact that pandemic situation would have would have made things even more difficult. You know, are you going to offer people contracts, you know, not knowing what the summer's going to bring, you know, six months ago? You know, we don't, we didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen. So I think that that throws a little bit of a spanner in the works. But we should have been more prepared for sure. We should we shouldn't be in this position, but we are. So we just got to deal with it. Same. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> my overall reaction to all of that. Um, well, obviously, this seems like an insane question given uh, you've had a manager for just a couple of days now, and you have a lot of squad changes upcoming although you mentioned there is positive signs that, that maybe you'll get in some of your former players because you, you lost what four or five of your starting 11 um to to the expired contracts although like you say going to save a lot on the wage bill <laughs> from some of them but what are your expectations coming into the season is it just hope for a more exciting brand of football and still stay up or, or is it anything more than that um i don't think we've had time to think about that really i, I think there was always a hope that you know palace fans have been ones where you know looking at other teams and thinking why can't we push on this season why can't we push on with a squad like we've got you know as they came into the into the team into the club last summer very exciting player you know he's going to be a premier league player for for a long time and it's just a shame that he got an injury um if we can keep zaha at the club you know zaha and Eze in the same team you know can we afford to do it well we did it quite a few times last season and we won games with both those two players in the side so with the addition, uh, this is what's intriguing about what kind of players we're going to attract to at the club, you know, with Vieira in charge. I think that's going to be key. I'm hopeful 
that we'll see a different brand of football. I understand that Vieira likes the 4-3-3 formation, which is quite similar to what we played under Roy. But obviously the tactics around that formation will be different. Um, I haven't done my homework in terms of whether Nice and, and New York City were attractive sides to watch. I'm, I'm not really sure. But I know I know he had quite a few big egos at New York City, uh, for sure, to, to have to manage. So, you know, as that's the yeah, case... Yeah, David Villa was there. I think Andre exactly. Pirlo as well. Pirlo, yeah. Lampard was there, wasn't he, under, under, under him as well. So, hopefully he should be able to cope with uh, Wilfred Zaha's uh, ego that he's got at the club. Um, the fingers crossed on that one. I... I think all Palace fans want is for us to try and push on and take advantage of being a Premier League club for so long. You know, finishing 14th, 15th and above the relegation zone. I mean, I think the last three or four years, we've not been under any threat under Roy. And that that's, you know, that that that's what Roy's given us. You know, he's given us a stability. We've never looked one, you know, any season likely to be in that bottom three at any point. Which is which is great for us, you know. But the next step now, and it's a difficult step, isn't it? Because we've seen clubs come and go. You know, clubs try to make that push to get to the top ten, maybe get into Europa League, maybe, and, and try and try and stretch and reach that next that next stage, you know, in their in their club's kind of uh, uh, future. And I think that's all Palace fans want is you know a, a bit of fun football to watch. And also to maybe push on and finish, you know, the highest of finish in the Premier League is tenth under under Pulis of all all managers. I mean, you know, you you say we've had managers that haven't been entertaining, but Pulis got us to a tenth place finish. And you know, some of the football we played that season was turgid. But you know, what what do you want? You know, we're, we're never going to be a Barcelona. Um, and I think that's what fans have to realise sometimes is that I don't think I don't think playing good football and you know, finishing well in a season is always possible for all teams. You know, certainly not for a lot of teams. Yeah, Barcelona can't do it every season, can they? We know that. So it's a difficult one. I think fans' wishes against what is actually realistic are sometimes a little bit, uh, a little bit, you know, um, overstretched. But, you know, we can all dream. You know, we all want our teams to do well. We all want to see our teams win something. We all want to see, see our teams play good football week in, week out. It's never going to happen. But, Actually, you might actually have one season where um, you surprise people. Um, a lot of teams have done that in the Premier League. You know, you've only got to look at the likes of Sheffield United last season, surprised a lot of people. Yes, they went down the following season, but Wolves came up and, and they surprised people. Uh, Villa have surprised people since they've come up. You know, last season they had a good season. So, you know, you, it, it can be done. It can be done. West Ham last season, that's, that, you know, that's, that, that's a good example. You know, finishing well. You know, could have threatened the top four at some yeah, point, but fell Moyes, away a little bit. People thought was going to get sacked like two exactly. months in. Exactly under Moyes. So, you know, there are teams that can do it, and I think you know, the more the more team, the more different teams that do that, it set sets the parameter a little bit for all the other clubs like Palace. You know, why can't we do that next season? Why can't we challenge top four? And you know, if we fall away and finish seventh like West Ham, no problem. You know, but actually, you know, West Ham had a brilliant season last season. Be interesting to see how they do next season, but you know, fair play to them last season. They played some good football, qualified for the Europa League. Actually, looked like they 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 could actually finish in the top four. So you know, great job by them, great job. So it is possible, um, and I think Palace fans watching teams do that are thinking, why can't we do that? Why can't we have a season of that? You know, even if it's just mm. one season, and we go back to you know that safety of fourteenth, fifteenth, you know, but. Um, uh, <laughs> Listen, it's 
it's hard to stay in the Premier League. It is hard to stay in the Premier League for clubs outside the top six. I don't think some of those clubs or fans of those clubs understand, you know, what relegation is about, what it does to a club, what it does to a fan base, what it does to the local area and everything like that. It has such a knock-on effect for everything involved. We, we've suffered it so many times. Um, the last time it happened, I said I would never take it so personally again if it ever happened again. But I know if it, if it ever happens to us again, then I'll still take it as badly as I did that time because memories are so short with football fans, you know? Um, so I think I think you have to enjoy it for what it is. Um, I, I, I'm Listen, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the appointment. I'm intrigued by what's going to happen over the next few weeks. I'm quite excited by it, actually. I, you know, it's something a little bit different for Palace. It's new, um, but obviously the reservations are there because we had that, you know, our fingers burnt at Frank De Boer. So I'm just hoping that Things are different this time. And, you know, the signs, you know, it sounds like Vieira is uh, is a very different character than Frank De Boer. Uh, he will bring his own ideas into the club, but he'll have a good nucleus of support around him, such as backroom staff and that kind of thing. So, and he's saying all the right things, doing the right things. So, early days, I know. But, um, yeah, this season is going to be, it might be a bit bumpy, but, you know, fingers crossed that uh, if we can finish outside that uh, that dreaded three for this season, um, then Vieira got that first season under his belt and, you know, hopefully we can push on from there. May, maybe a surprise us and we push on straight away. I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very nice. And you do have the buildings of a, of a pretty solid team still under contract. I'm still hopeful yeah. that Mateta comes good for you, although obviously yeah. good that, that Benteke recovered. Also, very sad that Benteke was warming up to come on in that Belgian mm. uh, match and then didn't end up getting too disappointing but. yeah really disappointing for him yeah, yeah that's a real shame yeah i mean quick shout out to benteke the second half of last season he was superb but you know he was fighting to get into that i'm, I'm not being negative here he was you know had the euros carrot dangled in front of him for the summer uh, obviously didn't work out for him quite what how he'd hoped but um you know he had an excellent second half of the season and if we've got that to look forward to going forward uh, Matessa gets more game time as well without the likes of Batshuayi on the bench. Um, I, I can't imagine he'll, he'll be back at Palace. Then, um, then yeah, I you know it, it remains to be seen how how Vieira views those players because we all know you know managers have their own player types and that kind of stuff. So I think I think that's going to be all the learning curve for us over what the first six weeks of the season, see how things progress and that kind of thing, and who's going to be in the team. And so it, it's exciting from that perspective because it's a very much a change from the norm for us. So um exciting, nervous, um, all those things, but hopefully it works out for us this season. Yeah, and as as you know, definitely a soft spot for Palace dating all the way back to when the show started and when I was uh, writing for your site and everything. So I definitely do hope that it falls on the the high upside side rather than the the high risk that you've kind of played Fingers this summer. Crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you said, for all, all the neutrals listening to this update, just keep an eye on all of the Crystal Palace transfer news because there's there's about to be a lot <laughs> or or contract right. signings at least. I'll- yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be a busy few weeks, I think, when it comes to Palace. People are going to be bored of our name, I think. Yep, and I'm sure a lot of Palace fans are wishing that the, the window closed at the start of the season because instead I'm sure you're going to have a pretty hectic couple of weeks even after you've played your first match. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Jay, if people want to hear more about Palace and this very interesting summer that you've already had or are set to continue to have, where can they do that? 
Well, obviously our website is there, theeaglesbeat.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So we're very active on all of those, particularly on Twitter. We also started a new podcast. So our first podcast episode was released last week. It was a review of the end of last season and looking ahead to, to what was going to be, always going to be a difficult summer for us. So uh, give us a listen. If you're not a Palace fan, then you might enjoy it anyway. If you're just a football fan anyway, I'd love to hear your feedback. And hopefully we'll have a few more of those uh, leading into a new season, particularly now we've got a new manager. But uh, we're going to wait and see what uh, we're going to give him a week or two uh, in the job and then we'll have a, a chat on the podcast about that um, so yeah theeaglesbeak.com our, our podcast is uh, is all over the place it's on all uh, podcast channels so uh, make sure you give it a listen that'd be really good uh, and also I run a, a community sports radio show uh, it's on Meridian FM you can get it online uh, you can get us on Twitter Instagram Facebook and just search the Meridian SS if you fancy something a little bit different Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Jay. Everybody listening, be sure to check out all of that stuff over at The Eagle Speak. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.